Hi, this is Jeff Curto, professor of photography at College of DuPage in Glen Ellyn, Illinois, and welcome to the third winter intercession of history of photography, a sort of a stopgap in between the fall and spring semesters of history of photography, the course that I teach at College of DuPage. And uh, today, January 1, by golly, there's a lot going on in the history of photography on the 1st of January, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, ne negotiating uh, several different topics for today's podcast. Topic number one, born on this date in 1926, photographer William Klein, born in New York, New York. Klein's photographs from the 1950s and 1960s were an uncompromising rejection of everything that had been previously considered appropriate and correct in photography. Working with extreme telephoto and wide-angle lenses in unorthodox ways, and using intentional blur and unusual flash lighting effects, Klein's images looked like nothing else that had ever been done before. Klein was an American, but he made his home in Paris. As such, Klein became better known in Europe than he did in the United States. In fact, Klein's 1954 book, New York, which established his reputation in Europe, has never been published in America. Even so, it's still available, and I'll put a link on the photohistory.jeffcurto.com weblog for the podcast to that book, if anybody is interested. Here's what Klein said about that book and about his work in a more general way. I was very consciously trying to do the opposite of what Cartier-Bresson was doing. He did pictures without intervening. He was like the invisible camera. I wanted to be visible in the biggest way possible. My aesthetics were the New York Daily News. I saw the book I wanted to do as a tabloid gone berserk, gross, grainy, over-inked, with a brutal layout, bullhorn headlines. In fact, the, the book looks very much like that, and Klein's work looks very much like that, putting the viewer into the picture in a completely different way than photographers had done before. Also on this date, January 1st, we mark the anniversary of the death of Edward Weston, uh, died in Carmel, California, 1958, January 1st. Often called the quintessential American artist-photographer, Weston embodied the idea of a creative life spent behind the camera. Born in Highland Park, Illinois in 1886, Weston began making photographs in 1902 when he got his first camera as a 16th birthday present. And just a year later, the quickly successful young photographer was exhibiting his photographs at Chicago's Art Institute. In a body of work that contained many of the great themes in photography, like portraiture, landscape, still life, and the nude, Weston was always looking for formal perfection in his images, as well as a technical perfection that he described as pre-visualization, a picture in the mind's eye that accurately predicted what the finished photograph would look like before he pressed the shutter release button. He recorded his thoughts about photography and his daily life and the creative activity of a photographer in a set of journals that he kept. These were eventually published as his daybooks, Edward Weston's daybooks. And I always recommend that Edward Weston's daybooks is something uh, that I regard as essential reading for any photographer. And again, I'll put a link uh, to the Edward Weston daybooks on the uh, weblog page. That's photohistory.jeffcurto.com. So Edward Weston's life centered on the idea of simplicity, the simplest and most efficient way to accomplish a task, whether it was photographic or otherwise. 
and his was a tremendously austere existence. In fact, the writer Mary Allender noted that at the time of Weston's death, his bank account was only about $300. So Edward Weston, the great American photographer, died this day, January 1st, 1958. Some other interesting facts about January 1st. January 1st, 1892 is the date when George Eastman's company, previously known as the Eastman Company, became the Eastman Kodak Company, incorporating the name of George Eastman's very popular uh, camera, the Kodak camera, into the uh, corporate, corporate name. It was also the date that Eastman fired his chief chemist, Henry M. Reichenbach, uh, because of Reichenbach's plans to start his own company. Uh, a little backup here is uh, is in order to understand this sort of interesting turn of events. Eastman, the man who started the Eastman Kodak Company, had hired Reichenbach in 1886 to help him improve photographic emulsions and to work on flexible films. Being able to roll film up into a roll was something that Eastman saw as being an essential part of incorporating new ideas into photography. Just two years later, in 1888, Eastman's company introduced the Kodak camera, which allowed 100 exposures of flexible paper-backed photographic emulsion, developed in part by Reichenbach, to be used in, to make multiple exposures on one roll of the material. The camera was mass-produced and therefore became very popular quite quickly because it was quite inexpensive. The paper-backed roll was eventually replaced by flexible celluloid-based film a few months later, making the process even faster and easier. On December 10th of 1889, Reichenbach, still employed by Eastman, filed for a patent for a method of making transparent flexible film. And then just a few years later, two years later, on January 1st, Eastman fired his chief chemist, Reichenbach, when his plan to start his own company was discovered. It really points out the idea of how important this uh, development of flexible film was and how carefully Eastman wanted to guard his company's expertise and its advancement in that technology. Another January 1st date that relates to this one is this. 1935, January 1st, the wire photo service is started by the Associated Press, or AP, in New York City. AP Wire Photo, as it came to be known, was the world's first wire service for photography, making it possible for newspapers to receive pictures on the same day that they were taken, rather than by mail. The first AP photo sent by wire depicted the crash of a small plane in New York's Adirondack Mountains. And obviously this represents another chapter in the speeding up of visual communications one that really in some ways was started by Eastman with the ability to make multiple photographs on a roll of film and sustained in our time by the internet and instantaneous transmission of images from one side of the globe to the other. So here it is, January 1st, all of these different things occurring, the uh, birth date of William Klein, the anniversary of the death of Edward Weston, the beginning of Eastman's Kodak Company, and uh, also the start of AP Wire Photos. So there we are. Thanks for joining us at the uh, third installment of the Photo History Intercession, and we'll look forward to seeing you again in the next session. Thanks.
The History of Photography podcast is a member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com, your photography resource in the potosphere.